Welcome to the Fisher's Second Ward Podcast. This is a podcast to help members of the Fisher's Second Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints get to know their neighbors in the ward. The ideas and thoughts that we share aren't necessarily a reflection of the official doctrines of the church. We just hope to strengthen our friendships and our faith by sharing our stories. Thanks for listening, and let me introduce you to a member of the ward. And this is a new member of the ward who happens to be lucky enough to be assigned to be my ministering companion. Sorry, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) We got Tyler Payne. So welcome, Tyler. And he's also um, maybe naive enough to... Agree to come and, and be on the podcast. But um, Tyler, welcome. A, welcome to Fishers. Welcome to the Fishers Second Ward. Thank you. And B, um, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Who are you? What are you all about? What's your story? What's your deal? Well, that, that unpacks a little bit of Pandora's <laughs> box. But, That's right. Um, well, let, uh, keep it simple. I... Uh, my wife and I recently moved here from Los Angeles area. We okay. uh, we were there for a brief moment, but that's where she grew up. That's that's okay. home for her uh, in a town called Redondo Beach. Hmm. Um, and so when when I first met her, I recently moved from Minnesota, and that's where my stomping grounds are. Okay. And so she thought, "Who's this Minnesota kid?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially, it, it's a uh, it's we we moved together uh, from Los Angeles after getting married to mm-hmm. to Oregon. We were in the uh, South Portland area in a, in a town called Newburgh. Okay, and then we moved to Central Oregon and Bend for a little bit, and then moved back to L.A. and then moved to here. So just kind of jumping around all yeah. over, but. Um, with all of that moving, we're we're happy to be in Fishers. We have a plan that this is like, this is the place. Good. So, so here for a little bit. So, what took you from Minnesota <laughs> to um, Los Angeles? Yeah. So I I that was where I grew up. That's where my family and I were. I was about. It was my, I was the youngest of, of, um, five siblings. Okay. And we, we loved it there. Um, there's some challenging situations that occurred. Uh, my, my parents were, uh, separating. And so my dad found a job in, in LA. Okay. And I figured, man, LA sounds real nice, right? A little now. bit warmer. Than- a lot warmer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Along the lines of being a 16-year-old boy, learning what it's like to um, navigate those challenges that, unfortunately, a lot of families and a lot of um, people nowadays experience it. Um, So I I figured the next best situation to get out of Dodge was, okay, let's just go to Dad to L.A. There's a land of opportunity. I was... uh, naive so i i was like let's talk to all the girls and sure. just and California what a teenage girls. boy would ever thought <laughs> right to do so um Absolutely. so that's what brought me to los angeles my okay. my dad and i were bachelors in a in an apartment he worked and i found a part-time job at a, a burger joint okay and so we worked and occasionally we'll say hey so we'll take each other out to like dinner on on a few nights so it became nice. a real bachelor type situation so was it just the two of you there yeah and then i had a brother that um moved in with us as well um he was my same age i call him my brother but he was a a stepbrother if you talk literals um but he he was about my age as well and so he was trying to figure out life and and things in that realm um and then uh, he he eventually found that he wanted to to live somewhere else, and okay. so he found his way to to move to Utah. Okay. Yeah. So to summarize, kind of bring all that together, I've, I have all my siblings and parents and things of that nature, and I'm like the odd one out. I'm living in now Indian Indiana, right? But all of my siblings have found their way to live in Utah. Okay. You know, my I've my family history is Utah through and through. And so that's where my grandparents are now. And so it's, it's cozy for them to, to live in Utah and be, be close together, which is okay. 
Very nice. And so how did you meet Taryn? It was actually at a, a church youth conference. Okay. Um, it was quite funny. I, you know, I had on my mind, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to talk to all the girls. This is 180 from what my <laughs> typical self was. I was so reserved, so afraid to talk to girls, but this was LA. Right. So, um, I was like wanting to talk to girls. And then this one girl at youth conference just kind of caught my eye a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, she was just a little different. Okay. And I mean that in a completely good way. Good. Um, she was wearing shoes that were um, with the image of the little aliens from Toy Story. Okay. And then uh, she doesn't remember this, but that's what I remember. I'm like, okay, that's odd for a California girl, whatever. I'm going to go talk to her. And we were good friends ever since. So So how old were you when you you first met? I think I was just before 16 years old, 15. Uh, when we first met, she was uh, 14 or 13. So at that time, it, it felt kind of like a, a greater age gap yeah. because we were both fairly young in that right. respect. So we just stayed friends for a long time. Um, and in fact, uh, because her shoes interest me, like who, where, what teenage <laughs> girls were, um, I, I got further and further into learning more about her family. Uh-huh. Um, and she's like one of the older siblings of her big family and a lot of her family dynamic is everything you could imagine, Disney, Marvel, Mm. everything in that aspect, because they, they kind of have like a little secret motto of like, life is too dark to not have fun and laugh a little, like sometimes you need a little bit of Disney or whatever, (laughs) some goofy just to, just to lighten up the mood. Like, so I was like this is not my expectation of what California or California family or. Right. So I was not only was I facing a culture shock from Minnesota Mm -hmm. to downtown of just many aspects of life and culture, but then just to be thrown with this family of guys like life's too short to not have fun. Yeah. Um, That kind of was, so eye-opening in a time of my life where it was really not great um, with uh, the divorce. And and uh, at the time, I, I pretty much decided school wasn't too important. Mm. Um, and so it was, it was an eye-opener. It was kind of, it's almost as if someone were in a, a dark time and first learning about the gospel. It was like, okay. oh, there's more to it. Than there's that. more to life than just trying to survive. Cool. And uh, I, I kind of stuck with that. And so, yes, I, I stayed friends with my wife. Her name's Taryn. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed friends with her for a long time. But in fact, sometimes I was getting to the point in life where I just barely finished high school. And so I was working most of the time, saving up money for a mission. Mm-hmm. And then, well, when I'm off work, sometimes it was the, right around the same time one of her siblings got done with school, okay. younger siblings. And so... Um, her mom would pick up her son from school and then just pick me up along the way. And her nice. son and I would just have play dates because I, I really enjoyed being around their family. Cool. Yeah. So how many are in her family? Uh, let's see. I've got to count. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, eight kids. Okay. So they had six kids originally and they adopted two. Okay. Um, so their oldest has, has severe autism Mm. and he, he's pretty much housebound. Okay. And so that, that kind of part of be the reason why Disney is such a big part is because he, that's his whole life. Makes sense. So when he was growing up, he was so hooked on Disney and Sesame street and many other, those kids, Right, uh, kids' stories that now he's almost twenty five and he's still he's still attached to them. Yeah, um, and then it's Taryn, my wife, and then going down the line is Andy. He just turned eighteen. Okay, he also has um, some difficulties where he he'll likely be at home for a long time still okay. too. Um, Andy, um, Michaela, one of the adopted kids. Okay. Emma and Amelia, another adopted. 
Charlotte and Adam. Okay. So in this world, they have this mix of adopted kids, um, kids with special needs, mm-hmm. kids who are just so outgoing, and uh, and my wife who um, is is able to to work with me as her husband. So it's like this <laughs> this huge dynamic that yeah. um, is way different than what I guess I grew up with. So that in many specs is just, that's what kind of hooked me a little bit. So that's cool. Yeah. You talked about a mission. Um, talk about your, your experience preparing for going, where did you go? How's your mission? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was working, uh, to prepare for a mission. Then, uh, my now father-in-law, soon to be father-in-law, whatever the situation, however you think about he, he pretty much said, you just got to go on the mission. Okay. Like there's this point where you could keep working and working and working. And to be frank, you probably won't have enough funds to say you could fund it yourself. Okay. Um, so he pretty much said, and in, in a time where frankly, I, I don't know of a better father figure mm. um, because of the situation I was experiencing in my life. Right. Um, he pretty much said like, you just need to go. Right. Put in those papers. Let's get it done. So I was, I, I kind of put dragged my feet. Not that I didn't know that it was the right thing, but I was just procrastinating as life goes. As we sometimes do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, um, I received a mission call and assignment to serve in the Everett, Washington mission. Very nice. Which is uh, right next to Boeing, where Boeing yes. uh, produces their planes and. Yeah. I was opening that mission call and I was pretty devastated because I, I figured I was pretty um, buoyed up. I don't know the best way to put it. I felt like I was a little bit more than just the bag of chips. Of, right. Of being okay. the, the quote unquote, oh, you're serving stateside. Oh, yeah. the devastation. And I figured in my mind, man, all of this life situation I was put through as a kid and all of the work I had to put in to stay part of the church and, mm-hmm. and trust God, man, surely I should have been put uh, foreign speaking somewhere. Right. But then um, I put on my best face and said, you know what, this is this is where I was called and assigned to be, so let's go. So I left February of, of 2018. Okay. Uh, and preface, this is f- like literally just about two years before COVID started. Right. So you just right before, yeah. right before. So I, I'm out and I go to the MTC and then in March, um, I'm in Seattle area. Okay. Flying to Seattle. And then, uh, now I'm in the Washington Everett mission. And on that mission, there was a lot of changes that happened. Hmm. This was right around when they switched to smartphones. Right. They switched to allowing missionaries to use Facebook as a tool for finding and teaching mm-hmm. uh, a new or a revised uh, missionary handbook, right? Um, safeguards for using technology, a guidebook for using phones on the mission, yeah. A missionary merge of missions. Okay. Um, on top of that, we had. Um, well, frankly, I. I, I was in a meeting with uh, the stake president in Seattle area mm-hmm. the week or two right before he, he made that decision to close down for COVID. Oh, okay. So it was just a, a roller coaster of another thing after another thing yeah. after another thing. And then to finish the mission, well, I, I came home February of 2020, yeah, 2020, and then here on Church News first stake in the in the United States to close church due to covid concerns. Okay. And I remember thinking in my mind I was literally in a meeting with that stake president 2 weeks ago. Wow. I could probably hear those thoughts that he might have had to go, go through to decide to make that decision. Right. And so I I just figured like it was like the best time for me to be out. Mm-hmm. I, I learned lots. 
And I just figured that it was the best time because I feel like there was a part of me that needed to be needed to have experienced all those rapid changes in childhood uh-huh. to feel ready to experience those rapid changes within a mission right? and feel trusted enough to say, hey, this is a pretty big turning point for missionaries worldwide, including right. calling home every week. Or, yeah. um, and it's just an, an idea that I feel um, I didn't need to serve foreign to know that the Lord trusted me to be ready in right. that time in Washington state. <laughs> yeah. And that, and it's beautiful yeah. in Washington state. I love it there. It's, it's uh, uh cats out of the bag. The best summers you'll ever have is in Washington state. Um, but everyone thinks it's like dreary and gloomy and it gets quite dreary and gloomy in the winters <laughs> and right. the spring and the fall. And you experience what they call Seattle spit, which is just the very small (laughs) little raindrops where it's like misting, but a little more than that. But the summers there are just phenomenal. The, um, one of the summers I was there on my mission was out in the islands. They call it Fidalgo Island, Oak Harbor. That's where they have a military base and a couple other, um, retirement homes for like famous actors and, it is the most gorgeous summer I've I've ever. Wow! It was va- like it was a mission, but it was secretly vacation many times. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So and yeah, some um, that area is is beautiful. Yeah, and um, I've got some opinions about the, and I think it's shifting the the cultural idea that we've had historically that somehow serving a foreign mission is better Absolutely. than serving a, a domestic or stateside mission. Yeah, I was, I was humbled. The moment I got into the MTC, I was humbled and I was like, this is not, it's not important anymore. Right. It was the yeah. moment where it, it I, my mind kind of changed a lot during just those that few happens. three weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happens. Yeah. And then um, the thing there was a talk by Elder Bednar uh, several years ago in, pre- in the priestly session of conference where he talked about the call is to serve, Absolutely. and there's just an assignment to labor somewhere. Yeah, and that assignment can change, and that the assignment isn't indicative of anything other than there's a call to serve. Absolutely. So that's cool, and and sometimes you learn it better when you're in the middle of it. Oh yeah. I I just feel like there was there's no one I know on planet Earth who could have possibly filled the shoes I felt like I needed to fill on that mm-hmm. mission. Um, I was assigned to quite the odd assignments throughout the whole two years. Mm. Um, for nearly a year and a half, I was assigned to YSA wards. Cool, and I, that was amazing. And then for the last quarter of the mission, I was assigned to work closely with the president. Mm-hmm. And then all throughout, I was assigned to work with new missionaries, um, missionaries who were having a tough time. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I sometimes I think about those last six months and I look at, well, I'd help the president maybe decide some changes for the upcoming transfer. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at all the faces of the missionaries and I'm like, there's a lot of trust the Lord is putting into the, these missionaries' hands. Right. And looking back throughout the, the previous assignments of being in these, uh, laboring with these young single adults, mm-hmm. I can't imagine it. Um, it's really hard to not sound boastful. Mm-hmm. And it, I'll probably come off a little boastful, but it's really hard to see maybe someone else in that mission of my companions or other missionary who would be a more prepared for those young single adults. Right. There was a, an initiative my companion and I took, to, we call it the, the 2000. Uh-huh. It was just, we phrased it that just because we thought it was a good name, but we, we essentially used this new tool of our phones a new tool of Facebook and um, working at some computers in the Family History Center to 
essentially in one single ward alone, they called it a ward mm-hmm. of YSAs, there was 2,000 names on record. Wow. Yet there was only about 20 attending church. It's a big uh, drop-off. Mm-hmm. And it was in one of the largest geographic areas in the mission, too. It covered all of the islands of Washington State. Mm-hmm. And then it covered all the way through a town called Mount Vernon, all okay. the way to the the tops of the Cascade Mountains. Okay. So this was that's, if you that's t- a big area. Yeah, if you took a car ride from one side to the other, you'd be spending three or four hours just driving. Wow. And there was two thousand individuals on record who were not attending church. Hmm. And so, a companion I had was having a really tough time just going out. So we took that time to say, well. If he's not going to leave the apartment or he's not going to leave uh, the church building, well, let's work with the tools we have. Right. So we took our time that transferred to essentially identify 2,000 families or individuals and potentially many more who are maybe married to these individuals Mm, or kids potentially at this point of life who need to be baptized or um, re-enter that commitment to to attend church and... Mm -hmm. I just, it kind of brought on a new light of, yes, we're finding individuals ready for baptism, but we're also finding individuals who have made that commitment already right. to come back. Um, and so it's changed my perspective on what missionary work can be since yeah. then. Because when I entered that mission field, my my head was on a swivel of just let's knock doors, right. let's uh, whatever it might be, let's just go out and do the textbook decisions and by the end of the mission it was there is someone whether you're a member of the church or not Mm -hmm. who needs to come back to christ and um it kind of helps me recognize within myself as i'm going on through life now it's like okay you know i may be a member of this church but there's always a need to still stay focused on christ right um i feel like that that assignment to be in the Washington state has uh, affected my life ever since. And it's cool how you can see how the experiences that you had beforehand mm-hmm. prepared you for the, the things that you were dealing with there on the mission. Yeah. A lot of these, well, and I mentioned my parents divorced and uh, I, there's things I won't mention, but those things that kind of helped me see these young single adults who are frankly maybe seven years older than me in many yeah. ways see them eye to eye right um where they too may be experiencing those situations or had um, a really tough time with church at the time of their life when they were experiencing very similar things and right. there was just a, a type of connection that i felt that's cool could not be experienced elsewhere yeah that's cool. So you, you finished your mission, and then um, was that back going back to uh, Southern California? Yeah. That's where you were? Yeah, I went back to Southern California. And during the, my mission time, I, uh, uh, Taryn, my friend, she, mm-hmm. she graduated high school and started attending school in Oregon Okay, um, at a school called George Fox University. It's a um, private school. Uh, they're dedicated more towards the medical medical side, amongst okay. other degrees. Um, anyway, so I finish my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID starts. Uh, people are being staying at home. They're doing work from home. Schools are deciding to shut down. Well, her school is deciding to finally, even though they were a private school, pretty small, they tried to stick it out a little longer than they decided to make the hard decision to to close and send everyone home and do school from home. Okay. Well, then that means she comes home to her parents who are also in L.A. Right. And so we we had the very serious thought of like, because I still liked her and we dated just for a brief moment before the mission. And mm-hmm. she even thought, well, if I date this guy and it's not right, then I need to go on my mission too. Okay. So um, that didn't happen. So you figure that <laughs> you can assume the rest. Right. Um, but it was very difficult to make that decision, especially during a time of, do we get married? Mm-hmm. This COVID things worldwide. Right. This, um, 
well, and frankly, like if we did get married, a lot of my family won't be there right. on my side. And um, I have some grandparents who would have wanted to be, but, you know, is this the right time? Yeah. Um, the temple, we had three appointments for the temple to get sealed. Uh-huh. And the moments, days before every single appointment fell through because wow. of the restrictions wow. and, and scares. And so I don't know if that was the world really, really trying to make it so we couldn't get married or Heavenly Father really, really making it sure that we, <laughs> we did the work sure to find out, right, yeah. to find out if this was the right thing. And to this day, we, we were able to go to the temple before we were sealed. And we, we asked that question of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and that's the most important thing in our lives right now anytime we have a struggle within our our relationship knowing that we had that answer right from the temple that foundation can be really really uh a support crucial yeah um because let me tell you covid wasn't easy on a relationship and i would assume most relationships um i was working at a nursing home Mm, yeah um with five six different roles Mm-hmm. I, I learned how to be a temporary CNA, work okay. in the kitchen, laundry, um, worked with housekeeping and worked with receivables, taking in the medical supplies in this small uh, nursing home, all in the midst of learning new procedures for right. safety. And it's just, I was never home. And when I was home, my wife was trying to figure out school and and then it was just how... It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So you're married. Did you, were you were living in still down in Southern California after you got married? Yeah. We actually got married in her parents' backyard. Okay. In uh, July of 2020. So okay. actually not, not far off from when I got home in February. Okay. And then um, we moved up to Cal, excuse me, Oregon. Because she was doing school up there. Okay, so she was going back to school. She was going back to school. They they figured out a new policy of when the new semester started in the fall of that year. That, okay, we'll allow you to come back to class. We'll do half hybrid where you're in class part of the time. But for her medical degree, she needed to do labs. And you just can't do that online all the time. Right. So we moved up to Oregon and Newburgh. Um, next to Sherwood, if someone yeah. knows. So that's where we were. And okay. it was a... Uh, yeah, my brother lives in Sherwood. Oh, okay. So yeah. we, we were in Newburgh, and there's one nursing home that's probably the one business besides the um, the college that was there and just the few shops or downtown okay. Newburgh. That was the whole town. So I said, let's go. We got to work. So... That's where we lived for about a year, and then a job opportunity came up for the both of us cool. to move to Central Oregon uh-huh. and work for a private middle school. And this is the okay. an interesting situation. The school was for a school that was originally based out of Los Angeles, where my wife and her family are. It's mm-hmm. a school that actually was teaching a lot of her siblings for many years before. So we knew the owner. Okay. We knew the, the teaching style. And in fact, many ways, we helped volunteer on some of their field trip days. And cool. so we kind of know what's going on. We said, well, I've never heard of Bend. But it's probably better than where we're at now. We'll be paid a little bit more. So we were assistant uh, or teacher's aides for okay. this middle school that was um, trying to start up. And they're trying to do satellite Okay. Business there, but um, it it worked for the year, and then we had a close down. We just didn't have enough committed mm. parents. Right. Um, it was a little wishy washy, and it's a tough. T- it is a place that really needs these schools, but um, it was hard for parents to see the the need. Okay. Um, so we had a close down, and then we said, "Okay, it's expensive in Bend. We can't." stay here it's not cheap it's right? a vacation town and so we said well it's either expensive here or it's expensive in la but in la we'll be back with family right 
So we made that decision, and um, with lots of help, we were able to make that happen. Cool. And well, everything, nothing goes always as planned. So we were only there for six months, and yeah. then we made that decision to move up here to Indiana because her in-law or my in-laws, her parents were received a prompting in the temple that they needed to move. They kind of knew they needed to move, but it was the prompting of, okay, now, okay, now go, now's the time. And so, well, we do really good next to their fa- to family. And so we said, cool. let's, we're going with you. Nice. <laughs> and how do they feel about that? Well, we're in separate wards on okay. purpose. That makes, that, that can make a big difference. Yeah. We, we wanted to make our own friends, not sure. just piggyback off the friends that uh, my in-laws make. And, but we also wanted to be close. So right. they're, they're in the Fisher's first ward. Okay. Um, and so we're always rubbing shoulders. Sometimes I'll go out the, with the missionaries teaching in their ward. And sometimes um, they'll come to our ward activities. They came to our trunk or treat okay. this last time. And so we're always rubbing shoulders in some ways. I don't think that will ever <laughs> not happen. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And, and in many aspects, again, a, a brief reference to my childhood, like they're the parents I didn't have. Right. And so sometimes it's nice because I need a parent to kind of crack down on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a young kid sometimes thinking, oh, okay, I need, I should do this or do that right. or whatever. So, so now we're here. Cool. All through that, I was uh, working on an accounting degree mm-hmm. um, and I plan to finish my bachelor's this fall. And in fact, I um, just accepted an internship at a, firm in Carmel. Okay. And so, um, so everything to kind of like make the plan of this is the place. Right. It's kind of coming more into fruition. Cool. So um, what kind of accounting do you want to do? So right now the, the position is for audit accountant. Okay. Uh, or audit internship, but I, I, the best background I have to kind of explain to people is I have a better understanding of, of low income housing mm-hmm. just for the fact that that's what my in-law does. Okay. My father-in-law does. He, he, uh, works with clients to invest for, um, or work with cities mm-hmm. to invest in low income housing. Okay. Um, and then this firm that I'll internship, they do the, the paperwork of, of preparing taxes and auditing, um, properties, financials. Okay. And so I, for the past six years of my life, that's kind of like what I've been kind of learning more and more about. And it's just so kind of flown into that, that prospect of, um, anyways, this firm has, has two departments, their tax department and their audit department. And I said, put me anywhere coach essentially. And, um, they kind of have, with the season coming up, they have auditors um, start in January and finish at the beginning of March. Okay. And they kind of put it in this, or put it to me that sometimes the tax season runs longer. Mm. So that way, if audits are done, but taxes still need to be done at this firm, sometimes there's a, um, those interns in the audit department could swap over to the tax department, kind okay. of finish up on the coattails of what needs to be done. Nice. Um, so it's kind of a altogether under, alert, ability to, or chance to learn uh, what I really do want and, and kind of get some experience for uh, the future as well. Right. That's cool. So you've been here for how long? July. So about four about months. About four months. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you missed the, this summer was mild. So, um, you didn't get the super humid, we, sticky days. Kind of did. We had a couple of them, a, but, and uh, we had a couple of those days where it was like really windy and thunderstormy mm-hmm. as well. And that that was our entrance into welcome Indiana. to Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's funny people are telling welcome to Indiana. You know, oh the weather's really cold. Be prepared. And I'm just thinking back in my mind, Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's colder there than it is here. I think. Yeah. Well, and man, the snow is just a, a force to be reckoned with up yeah. there. Sometimes. That's true. <coughs> so, um, when you're not in school, yes. When you're not working, what are what are some of the things that you like to do just for um, your own personal entertainment, enrichment? Yeah. What do you do to stay sane? Well. Uh, I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. Okay. Uh, I, 
my main go-to like to relax is frankly it's it's quite childish but i love watching youtube i okay. love playing video games but as i've gotten older and grown responsibilities i've i've had to put those things away but it's still a, a nice go-to easy right. but the other things i love to do and haven't done very much often but should is i i like to write music i'm not great uh, i like to sing i'm in the mm-hmm. choir whenever i show up (laughs) i should i keep uh, anyways i keep missing when choir choir happens um i love learning the piano okay i I haven't really ever had a lesson but i'm i'm slowly becoming more self-taught so i've got this kind of music thought but i also love working with my hands i've okay um, built a basement with my dad. And so every so often it's like, oh man, I want to buy a new tool. Oh wait, no, wait for Christmas. <laughs> it's coming up. But the sale is now, right. buy it now and just wrap it for myself. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I've played that game before. Right, right. I I love uh, like st- board games. I okay. love board games. I'm, I really am competitive. So I'll find the most intricate strategic board game there is. And I'll, I'll, hope that my wife wants to play with me. (laughs) But the problem is, is that sometimes when they get too strategic or intricate, it's just too hard for her. Right. So she'll ask for the the next step down and then she just destroys me every time. So, so she's got it. She, as long as she understands the game, she'll always win against me. Um, but if she doesn't understand the play of the game, how to play the game is probably too complicated. That's why I win or whatever it might (laughs) be. So what instruments do you play? You're learning piano. So I, I'm learning piano whenever whenever I can. I, I did pick up a trombone back in fifth grade. Okay. Um, other than that, the easiest thing for me to say is is I love my favorite instrument is my voice. Okay. I'm. I like to think I'm okay. Okay. Um, but I have a lot of practice and experience, but not. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I, anytime I have the opportunity, I've, I've, um, I used to do a lot of the small group, uh, little, little interludes during like, uh, firesides for youth or okay, uh, yeah. church. So a lot of the church aspect of singing. And then I was in choir at, at school. Uh, one of my favorite experiences was, uh, singing for Elder Ballard and Elder Holland. No, oh. Elder Ballard and Elder Rasband. They were on an assignment to uh, the Los Angeles region, and they mm-hmm. were doing a fireside. And cool. you know, conveniently, it was just so easy to join. You know, a little small group choir, yeah. and uh, and it was just awesome hearing them because the goal of the fireside was to just listen to their real people, and so they talked about their childhood. They talked about man, it's tough to be an apostle. And, and then that's, that was a whole fireside. Of course, oh, wow. they sprinkled it with very spiritual and, and uplifting messages, but it was, these are real people right? kind of messages. And, and I'm sure their assignments were to do other things, to visit with stake presidencies or um, to visit with the area presidency, talk about mission efforts, things mm-hmm. like that. But one of their evenings, they were just there to be with the youth. And it, that's was, cool. it was a great experience. Yeah. So, but in, in general, the final answer to your question, anything interests me. I love, oh, I love cooking too. Nice. Okay. So. I Oh, and I've heard about these <laughs> chocolate cakes. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, we'll make the chocolate cake happen. What, what do you like to cook? What are your, what are your, uh, what's your go-to? Uh, I really like yeah. savory foods. Okay. I really love breakfast foods. That's my go-to. Okay. But every so often I'll, I'll dabble in trying to make cinnamon rolls or desserts or breads or, mm-hmm. um, but everything that involves working in the kitchen and making food and is tasty. Okay. I, I love it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Some of my, my, the reason why it got me to, or why I'm so hooked on cooking is I, I ever since being like eight years old at one time I made like a, a huge dinner for my family. Mm-hmm. We were a family of eight. So I'm like, we've got to eat somehow. Sure, and yeah. I, I figured I'd ease the burden on my parents and I'll, I'll make dinner tonight. And I opened up the cookbook and I'm like, wow, you, I can, <laughs> I have everything for this. Yeah. Might as well try it. And so 
pretty soon there was a, a roasted chicken and a lemon oh, meringue cool. pie and probably some mac and cheese somewhere there. But because I was, that's I was eight, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it was, uh, hey, I'm, I feel confident in trying this out again. And ever since, I'm, I'm the one who makes meals at home. Okay. And, uh, and it's, it's always fun because when I'm in the kitchen, it's, that's my kitchen. Right. Please stay out. <laughs> I will give you treats. I'll give you the bowl even, but this is, this is right. my work. It's like my, uh, it's my, a boy's workbench yeah. with all of his tools outside, but, but exactly relate it to a kitchen. This is, I've got my appliances. <laughs> and so, but yeah, if there's something to learn, I'm learning it. Cool. And that's my favorite things to do. So I can relate with the, the kitchen. I, what I'm cooking, I just want people out of my way mm-hmm. and don't be standing where I want to stand. Don't be using the things I want to use. Mm-hmm. Back off. <laughs> right. Well, that's cool. Um, not to go back too far, but I'm just curious. What are some of your favorite uh, board games? Well, there's a there's a handful. I'll spit some off the tongue. Um, there's Settlers of Catan. Okay. That's a good one. There's one called Carcassonne. Yeah. Um, Acquire. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. I think... Um, buy, sell at the right time okay. on a board game board where it could change at any moment. There's uh, one called um, Terraforming Mars. Hmm. It's a scientifically backed one where essentially you're an investor terraforming Mars and you want to earn the most points or credits by the end terraforming rating at the okay. end of the end of the um, generations of mm-hmm. plane. That's a fun one. Why wife always beats me up. <laughs> and then there's That's not always a bad thing. Right, right. Um, but hmm, there's another one called Raccoon Tycoon. You buy it at Target. Okay. That's just a simple, fun strategy one. But then there's just uh, a whole bunch of small little ones that I can't think of right now. But in our room, we've got two two full storage units of not units. What's the best way to describe it? Um, think of maybe two bookshelves mm-hmm. just of, of all sorts of board games. Right. And there's games on there we haven't played yet, but I've looked it up on the internet and said, that would be fun yeah. one day. Yeah, so, there's some good games out there. Yeah. And, and some, oh, another one, Seven Wonders. That's a good okay. one. Um, and a lot of these games are games we played when we were kids too with my family. Family game night, that was the okay. night. And if mom didn't win... <laughs> Then you're you're still playing, right? right? So game nights at our house growing up would go sometimes till two, three in the morning. Wow! Because okay, sometimes mom won, but it was fun. So do it again. Yeah. Anyways, oh, that's good, and that's great to to build connections with people. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, that's uh, those connections that I build with people are are sometimes tough for me to make. Um, okay. Growing up, I. I was really shy mm-hmm. and then experiences of trying to re- like make connections. Um, I was mentally my mm-hmm. own personal doubt. I, I kind of try to make that connection. Then I immediately think, Oh, that didn't go great. Or, Oh, what mm-hmm. do they think of me? Or, right. Oh man, maybe they've, they've seen a part of my life now that I'm embarrassed about. And that's my instant wall that I put up for myself that, mm-hmm. I'm trying to break through. Right. Um, and so I think that might just be a struggle for the rest of my life is I will keep trying to make connections and I'll, I think I'll keep feel like I keep messing them up, but I, I just have to trust that I've put in the effort to, to keep trying and right. um, I'll make some good connections somehow. And I think the best connection in, in many aspects was with my wife and her family. And cool. If, as long as I keep that one, yes, uh, I think we're doing okay. That'll be a priority, but also games will, I think always, um, mm-hmm. be an opportunity because you'll find people who have interests in the same types of games. There'll be just like with the Ward family. Yeah. You get that, that instant natural, um, willingness or desire to connect and then cooking also a great great way to connect with yeah. people is well we'll tell you what one of my one of my weaknesses is i love being with technology you heard okay. me uh, youtube or, or videos right. or being on my phone or whatever video games 
playing on a with a board game or cooking together, it's an instant night and day difference because uh, a problem of modern days we're we're hooked on. Well, this is opinion of Brother Payne here, right. of course, but um, sometimes it's it's really nice to disconnect and yeah. and just be together face to face, and yeah. um, it's really easy for me to make the excuse that right now I feel comfortable with my devices and yeah. making that effort to say, "Hey, you want to go get an ice cream or something?" That's tough, right. and. Uh, something i know the good thing is is i know it's a problem and i'm working on it right <laughs> that's that's a good point i think that the device a lot of times can can give us the illusion of a protective barrier that oh yeah i don't have to make eye contact because i'm i'm looking at my screen oh yeah and uh but i think that that when we put the screens down a little bit we allow ourselves that that openness to let somebody else in. That's that's where a lot of that comes in. Along that along that same line, uh, actually, because I I know it's a big problem in my life. I've I've done a little research of watching to TED talks and things of that. And mm-hmm. there's a child psychologist who spoke on a TED talk, essentially saying there is no diagnosing code for addiction to a phone. Okay. And then he he brings up like phones are wonderful tools that right. they bring, and so I I don't want to like make the statement that uh, all technology is bad. Like look at the mission I served, like there there right. was like, something huge that came from it. We found nearly two thousand individuals um, to to help bring closer to Christ using technology, and it's it's a wonderful tool, but yet there are so many difficulties and challenges, right? right? Like. Imagine an addiction 20 years ago. You'd have to scrap money together, find an individual willing to distribute, mm-hmm. and uh, an isolation to partake. Right. But now it's right in our pocket. Right. And so he, he argues like there is a uncoded, in the medical sense, that addiction to a phone that many people have. And I would argue maybe I would too. I have that. And so as many other people, but learning about that has kind of opened my eyes. And with President Nelson's recent address about the ability to overcome any addiction, right, is to practice thinking celestial and doing. And so now my whole brain and focus has been, oh, if I just listen to that talk and follow it perfectly which will yeah. never happen <laughs> that's why we need jesus christ yeah. yeah um this this new struggle that millions of people around the world are are having mm-hmm. can be taken care of yeah that's true so what else does the ward need to know about the pain family well we'll just we'll leave it we'll leave her out of it we right just eventually maybe you. she we'll, we'll get her on next yeah. time well, um, I I love making connections. So okay. if you if you need a friend, I'll I love being a friend. I'll be a friend with you. So cool. the the other thing is I I feel like um, I I'm in many ways two extremes. Either mm-hmm. I'm really humble about the experiences I've had, and I want to bring that into a relationship. If uh-huh. you're needing um, help and support, if you feel like you've been through the uh the wash essentially and just yeah. really coming out through a tough time well i i might not know what that experience is like but i do know what tough times are like and i would like to have you know that there's someone in the ward who's willing to help you through that tough time cool there's another part of me who's kind of arrogant <laughs> <laughs> you and me both i sometimes like i'll I'll talk or I'll try to communicate or connect, and I feel like I just know something mm-hmm. uh, and I'm the only one who knows it as good as I do, and that's usually not the case so if you you hear me talking <laughs> some guff don't don't think I'm just some some booger brain, but i I'm really <laughs> Deep down, I'm, uh, I like to make those connections, and I like to be be a part of something, be involved, and be uh, connecting. Because in my life, there were individuals like that 
for me. Yeah. And those individuals, frankly, to this day, I think is partly why I'm still alive. Right. And it's um, something that I, I owe back. Yeah. You, People can, there's such a, an opportunity to be a significant part of people's lives. And the thing that I've, what I think I've learned is that you don't have to try. You just have to be yourself. Just mm-hmm. be who you are. Use the gifts that you have. Um, be willing to be open. And then a, a natural byproduct, byproduct of that, I believe, is that you, you end up being a significant asset to somebody else. Yeah. So that's gospel according to Brother Williams. Wow, we're teaching some <laughs> important gospel here. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you, getting to know you a little bit. And welcome to the ward. Thank you. We'll get your wife on there. Um, it's been a few months since we've had a, an episode, and part of that is I, I have all sorts of ex- excuses. I can blame people. <laughs> Procrastination. You get me. You get me it. a one-on-one, and I'll and I'll tell you who I blame. Yeah, but um, no, it's and I'll just uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes if you want to if you're open to getting on the uh, on the Ward podcast, then I'll I'm going to have a link to my schedule, and we'll just uh, get together to have a conversation. Gives me a chance to get to know you, and then we're just going to have a couple people in the Ward listen in. That's all it is. Yeah, and so. <laughs> It's, it's mostly harmless. It. It's well worth it. <laughs> so, well, thanks a lot, Tyler, for coming in, and um, we will uh, as soon as as soon as I get my act together for the next episode, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk again. And uh, thanks for listening and uh, for sharing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fisher Second Ward Podcast. Please share it with members of the ward or others who you think might be interested or might be enriched and blessed by listening to our stories. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.